Hello and welcome to episode 12, I believe it is, yeah, of Can I Borrow Your Mind with Lewis Garnham, which is my name, and maybe it is narcissistic to say my own name in the introduction of my podcast, but I don't know, it, it also might not be, and in the age that we live in and the current levels of narcissism <laughs> present in our culture, I think that saying my name at the start of this thing is probably not that narcissistic. Maybe analyzing whether it's narcissistic and taking up like 40 seconds of your time deconstructing whether it was a narcissistic thing of me to do. Maybe that's narcissistic, but the actual act itself of just saying my name, um, that's probably all sweet. Anyway, uh, this, this week my guest is Jack Devereaux. Jack is a person I've known for many years. I love him. He's a great person and a brilliant visual artist. Um, I highly recommend, maybe even before you listen to this podcast, it might might be a good thing to do beforehand so you can get a vibe for him. Look him up. Um, you can find him at jackdevereaux.com. You can find a lot of his work there. And also on Instagram, he goes by Sketches and Skengs, and he does these incredible single-line artworks. How do I describe them? They're a bit like they're a bit they're a bit Picasso-y in a way. He he says he's influenced by Picasso, and um, they're they're kind of these abstract, beautiful faces. He's got videos on his Instagram of him like performatively drawing the arts like uh in real time like you can watch him do the single art do you know i don't know if i'm explaining that properly but do you know what i mean and he i think he's quite big on that he's quite big on making art a more performative thing visual art as opposed to just you know doing it privately and then presenting it um as as a static fixed artwork we talk a lot about that which is I, I think that's really interesting um it's a great episode jack's done heaps of crazy cool things he these are a couple of things that i think are pretty cool he designed a shoe like a pair of shoes for daniel sturridge <laughs> um he he designed these this clothing thing um with these hoodies and stuff and there's a photo on his Instagram of James Harden wearing one of these hoodies. I don't know. I just think both those things are pretty cool. He's collaborated with a lot of people, a lot of big people like Nikon. I love ugly. Um, and he has done a bunch of really amazing exhibitions. Uh, he did one called Hungry Ghosts, which I didn't get to, but we talk about it on this podcast. It's all about addiction and it's um, he's sort of building on the work by Gabor Mate, a physician, um, who's you know very understands addiction very extensively and trauma very extensively. Uh, I saw, I've, I he's I, I I don't know. I was going to mention a few of his exhibitions to be honest. Uh, Love vomit that was like his first one. We we talk about that on here. A lot of the work from that is like how he started doing these these single line works. Um, and I saw his exhibition Motion Sickness recently in Northcote, which was like a bit different to most of the other stuff I'd seen of his before that. And it was, yeah, it was beautiful as well. Um, so, yeah, I think if you enjoy art, I think you'll really like this podcast. I think it's fascinating hearing about Jack's process and hearing about visual art. I don't really know much about visual art, so I found it really interesting. If you like this podcast, rate it, subscribe to it. Um, and I, I've got some, uh, I've got some gigs that I could plug. Um, there's comedy on in Melbourne again, which is a, a crazy, exciting thing. Um, I am going to be performing at the Catfish in Fitzroy on the 8th of December. I think that's a Tuesday. That should be sick. Um, what else? Club Voltaire. I'll be there on... The 22nd of November, that's going to be a great gig. That's in North Melbourne. And Comedy Republic, I can't remember the date that I'm there. That's in the city, um, in Melbourne, in the CBD. And that that's, uh, I think they're having shows every every week. They're doing a few shows each week. So you can look them up and find out what night I'm on. But I don't know, the, all the lineups will be great. So just go to any of them. I don't really care that much about you seeing me. To be honest, I haven't done stand-up in four months. I'll probably suck. <laughs> Don't come see me. Go see other people. Um, thanks for listening. I'm going to get straight into it now. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I'd also like to say that 
I recorded this podcast on the lands of the Kulin Nation and I'd like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging and recognize that sovereignty was never ceded in this country. And again, I, I, I mentioned something last week. It was a particular... I thought it was particularly important to mention that because a sacred tree had been cut down by the Victorian government this week um, in NIDOC week. The uh, federal government said that they don't want to fly the Aboriginal flag in in Parliament. Um, And I haven't, to be honest, I haven't read much about that, the details of that discussion or that situation, but I just saw that as a headline. And yeah, I think that's an important thing to mention just so that we're all aware that the government... Are pieces of shit. Um, enjoy this podcast. This is a way too long intro. This is like a six minute intro. Surely you haven't listened this far. If you're still listening, fuck. I I get I skip them after like twenty seconds when I listen to podcasts. So I'm effectively talking to no one right now, and I know it as well, which is a strange feeling. Enjoy it. I'll speak to you next week. This is episode twelve of Can I Borrow Your Mind? with this week's guest, Jack Devereaux. On Zoom, um, I've been like talking to people and like sometimes, sometimes it's people I know or sometimes it's complete strangers. Yeah. <laughs> like, or like people I admire or like professional people. And halfway through, it seems to be never them that need to do this. But like at about half an hour mark, I always need to go to the toilet. broken, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like sitting there on Zoom, like waiting for them to stop talking for a second so that I can get into it. (laughs) Dude, you've had some great fucking guests, bro. Um, That, what's the, what's the guy's name on the, that was on the Chasers? Yeah, Chaz. Dude. He's so great. How, that was such a fucking moment for us, like our age group. Absolutely. Did you love that show growing up? It was my absolute favorite show. That's what I was sort of explaining to him. Like, I feel like for our generation, that was like the show for a while. There was a couple of years where it was like, you yeah. come to school and like talk about it with all your friends and stuff. For sure, I think we. I was. I was. I was having a chat to a friend the other day, and I was like, "I'm not sure if that really exists in the same way anymore." Because now yeah. you've just got fucking eco chambers of different. That's <laughs> so true. You know, like it was yeah. like what was on Channel Ten or what was on yeah, Channel yeah, Nine. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was like that night once a week. Everyone will watch it. Yeah, and I even I even felt that with like. Um, you know, who's the dude that, <laughs> like, those sort of classic Aussie moments, like the, was it Stephen Bradbury or whatever? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, like, and you had like your Shane Warnes and your Ian Thorpes and mm-hmm. all that sort of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like was, icons. Yeah. And I feel like now, yeah, well, because there's just such a, an abundance of content. Yeah. It's like... There's not going to be one one thing that everyone is into. For sure. Well, there is, but it's much more momentary. Like Tiger King, like everyone watched Tiger that King, for like two for weeks, sure. and, and then and that, that dude, was it. That, that was dude singing Fleetwood Mac on the longboard. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Lots well. of like smaller things like yeah. that. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting, man. We because we when we moved in here, we had for the first time in years, I was watching um, just regular TV because we did didn't have any Netflix or anything set up. And um, it was like, fuck, I remember like, because the idea of celebrity has completely changed in the last yeah, few years, you know? Yeah. And these dudes that are still like hosting the same shows and stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like they're still doing the rounds. Like yeah. there's just a couple of them. And they've are, probably only got like 5,000 Instagram for followers, sh- for you know? Sure, and then there's like, there's these whole other class of celebrities that are just from online social media platforms. Yeah, it's a it's a real trip and it's there's a there's a weird thing where like I feel like it doesn't quite relate. Like there'll there'll be someone you could walk past that has a million Twitter um, Instagram followers, but I don't know, like most people just wouldn't even know. Exactly, that. you wouldn't even recognize <laughs> them. <laughs> Whereas if <laughs> Andrew O'Keefe or whatever yeah, the fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You'd all be like, "Whoa, that's the guy from The Price is Right." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And fame, like there's, I feel like there's like, there's, there's celebrities that transcend their little pockets. Yeah. Like 
say for example like Kanye West like no one in the world won't know who Kanye is yeah but other than these massive ones most people are just famous in a circle mm. like mm. if you're really into like horse riding in Texas or something sure that yeah, you'll yeah. know this famous yeah, you know yeah. what I mean and which, they'll have this massive Instagram which following. I think I think is that's that's a little nice element because I mean who the fuck would want to be Kanye West? Yeah, you know no. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like and, and... Yeah, like you're going to gonna become to, mentally ill if you you're can, Kanye West. Yeah, and you can still completely live your life where the majority of people couldn't give a flying fuck. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah, totally. Whereas, you know, if you're... Yeah, someone like Kanye West, every single person, every interaction changes around you. Everyone's trying to impress you no. or ask for something or... Yeah. Tell you how great you are. Kanye or... would not have experienced a genuine interaction for like 15 years. <laughs> oh, man. Like, yeah. a, a, unless maybe with close family or whatever. Kids but or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids probably wouldn't give a that, shit when yeah, they're young. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Oh, True, man. little kids. That's probably a good level of uh, people like Kanye. To Definitely. deal, to like, you know. But then, you know, who knows? I don't even know how much interaction is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you think... Um, I, I haven't done like a proper introduction of you and there's like a couple of questions I want to ask you at the start but now that we're talking about this with your art do you think you will ever become like massively famous and would you want to become massively famous? Oh, I don't know. I, do you know what it is? I think I think initially that was actually quite a big driver for me. I actually wanted to be famous. Yeah, yeah. I actually wanted to... Um, to have that little like, I think everyone does a little bit. Yeah, I would. I would for sure be be lying if I said I didn't, because there's all that like, you know, and you probably got it as well. You know, oh nice, like you're doing your your thing, yeah. your little thing, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you so know, and, and there's there's such a you know there's such a part of me that used to be like fuck you, fucking yeah, yeah, but yeah. like I don't know. As I as I got older, do you know um. Do you know Loyal Kana? Yeah, I, yeah. I love Loyal Kana. I love Loyal yeah. Kana. And I, I I, look at him and I think, <coughs> fuck, I think he's got it nailed down. You know, he's mm. got... I don't know, like, I love his music, but I don't yeah. know much about him. I haven't watched any interviews or... So he's just he's just like person. the most level-headed dude, like, just mm. cool, calm. He, he knows what he loves. He loves football, soccer, um, cooking, and music. And yeah. so he's... He's got like all these cool little collabs he's doing with football. He's doing a ama- making amazing music, making more than enough money. Yeah. Um. And he's he loves cooking, and he's got ADHD, so he started a, a school for kids with ADHD cooking school. And fuck, I was watching interviews of him last night. I was just like, yeah, I think he's fucking. He's got it figured nailed out. Nailed it down, bro. Because that just sounds like such a fulfilling life. Yeah. Which is which, whereas like this isn't a very original or exciting thought but everyone knows like the pursuit of fame alone mm. is never going to be fulfilling for sure that's like yeah yeah and I think with with someone like someone like that I just feel like he's just comfy in himself mm. I, and that's where I'd like to be like I have moments where I'm super not comfy in myself and super trying to push some sort of yeah, way of being yeah. perceived but just to get rid of all that bullshit I mean he's just like bro I'm good I've got you know, I was able to buy a house. I've got a girlfriend. Yeah, I've got yeah, a dog. Yeah, totally. I've got a bike to ride. Like that is fucking, yeah. So, and he makes really good art. So I think someone like him is, you know, where I where I would sort of want to be. When you're painting, do you feel yourself? Like, do you feel like um, like that sort of satisfaction or that fulfilling thing or whatever when you're actually in the act of painting mm. or drawing? Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Like, I think that's that's the ultimate I mean that's like a when you're in that sort of flow of things that's the ultimate sort of high for me like yeah. I just absolutely love it and you have the same but um, but then there's also those moments where you know it's like you are putting shit to paper because you just need to put shit to paper and like yeah. continue with something yeah. keep creating whatever but um, and then sometimes that can feel a little bit you know, you're just doing it for the sake of it. Yeah. But when you're in the flow of things, like there's yeah, nothing better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have, is there anything specific that can bring you back into that flow? Like, is there something about doing certain work that feels more arduous than doing other work? Like, is, or is it just like, depending on what mood you're in, sometimes it's a struggle, sometimes it feels good. That's it. 
I don't know. I'm I'm big on like what what I'm sort of bringing to the table mentally in that space. You know, I think that makes a big difference. So like, I always think about, for instance, this podcast. Like, um, there's in different realities ten different podcasts that we could be having with yeah. different energies. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like, for me to be, you know, maybe making sure I'm listening to some sick music that I'm loving you know yeah. like vibing with dancing whatever or going for a run earlier that day or um, you know just trying something new something you know a technique that I haven't done before or learning something new all fucking helps but it's just like I don't know it's sort of what I'm bringing to the table in that moment definitely yeah. that's interesting I listened to Skepta on my way here I love <laughs> Skepta I thought you yeah. I thought you might I had a feeling that you really <laughs> yeah. like yeah, UK yeah, grime and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're on um, the money. And I, I think I partly put him on when I was driving here. I partly put him on because I know you're a fan of that yeah. music and partly just because like listening to Skepta in particular, there's a lot of artists that do this. Mm-hmm. But when I listen to Skepta, I don't feel lethargic at all. Bang. I'm like, all right, yeah. let's go. Like, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Like, I, he, he's a mood lifter. I agree so much. This is, this is the stuff like, you know, I think for sure there's an argument that like some sort of, like I listen to a lot of rap and, you know, sometimes you're listening to some fairly questionable sort of shit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But my argument is, you know, use use music as a tool for you. Like, mm. and nothing is more of an, like, ego booster or a mm-hmm. confidence booster or energy booster than, you know, some wild <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. That's what I love it for. You know, like, there's moments for all types of music and, but, you know, oh, Skepta, man, like, yeah Skeffy before I'm the... doing comedy like before I perform I'm yeah. always listening to hip hop like true like, I never listen to anything else before what, what's your go to <laughs> um Kendrick yeah nice he's the, he's the number one number one man um uh J. Cole nice and I then, love like, J. Cole yeah sometimes like yeah sometimes I like the English stuff like um a lot of Skepta and Dave and Stormzy, like right. like those guys, Stormzy, Dave, Skepta. I feel like it's impossible to put them on and like not feel pumped up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're always gonna feel pumped. If you oh, it's to so good to them. And I and I love all the like the little nuanced football references as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. I'll, this is one thing I wanted to ask you. When did you first start? being artistic as in not like the first time you did a really good piece of art like a sort of professional seeming piece of art but when did when do you reckon you first started drawing and being like I love this and then also added on to that question I've always wondered like in school and stuff it seems even from a young age it seems to me like there's some kids that can draw and some that Mm. can't and I couldn't, I never could. Mm. And I tried a few times, tried learning. Like I had friends who were quite good drawers and they'd try to teach me just like the perspective and making the things the right size and stuff. And I could never get it. It's like, yeah, yeah. my head isn't built for that. Yeah. Do you think that some people, do you think it's one of those things that some people have got and some people have done? Or is it like, could anyone learn to draw? Right. And okay, then, cool. and also the stuff about you when cool. you started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay. put no, that all into gotcha. one answer, No, it's please. beautiful, bro. Um, <laughs> all right, so I think I've... My dad's super creative person as well, and um, he's well, he was a photogra- photographer, but he always had a knack for drawing as well. And I don't know, it's interesting, because I remember talking to a mate I had in primary school, and he was like, I can't believe you're doing art because I was always just sporty. Yeah. Um, I never saw you as sort of a drawer, but, you know, I think I, I was always doing little drawings around the place. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, always creating stuff. I One of the big things I used to do was um, with, like, Liverpool kits every year when they dropped, I would try and redesign them as That's the way cool. I actually wanted them to look. That's so, so cool. Yeah, so that was, that was like... I sort of thought I might that's, end that's, up... That's, um, just quickly, that's sort of uh, like a little childhood dream that's sort of in some way eventuated into something. Didn't you design yeah. a shoe for... Yeah, for Daniel for, Sturridge. Yeah, which yeah. Is, um, yeah Liverpool insane. player. Yeah, really, I never... And that's like that quite similar to, to what you were doing as a kid with the Liverpool jerseys, like similar vein. Yeah, well, me and, me and my mate Ant, Ant just, um, we, at the start of this year, released a 
football top as well. So yeah, it's something I've always been interested in. But so cool. but yeah, like I'm I've always just been like doodling and creating shit and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, and also to bring it back to the other question with do I think everyone can draw? I think I think it's like anything. I think everyone has a certain tent like they have certain abilities that you sort of you got. Yeah. But I remember I was teaching my um my little cousin, she was trying to draw a, a face. And I think there's definitely certain techniques that you can, can get you to a level of, oh, well, that's pretty good for a seven-year-old. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Or, yeah. You know, like, like there's, there's things you can learn. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I think it's a lot about like, just actually, I think we've sort of, I think you get taught to group things quite early. And it's like, it's about deconstructing face shapes you know like if you think i wish i had a piece of paper but like if you think i you think just almond circle yeah you know what i mean or nose it might just be like that yeah 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 um and it's like retraining your brain how to actually see objects you know what i mean because like if you look at your eyes it's like the most prevalent thing is up top and this is not so prevalent so you, you can work with that and then you can build it's like if you just build structure around a face you build the face and then like I, I could get you to draw something quite I think you'd probably be quite impressed within like half an hour really yeah I genuinely think you can Whoa. do it we'll do it after we <laughs> yeah do it. I don't yeah. reckon I can <laughs> I guarantee you can but bro. okay alright yeah. but but yeah I think there's certain like like anything people have certain leanings towards stuff but I I think for sure I'm, I'm a big believer that you can always develop always grow with stuff did you um I feel like at a certain point in your career or might have even been right at the start, I'm not sure, but you um, started having like a very distinguishable style Mm. with like the single line drawings. Yeah. When did that happen and why did that happen? Why did you start um, being drawn to doing that so much? And were you doing other stuff before that or was that sort Mm. of the start of you? So so it all started like I was about 16, I think, 16, 17. And I was doing like uh, realistic charcoal drawings of Michael Jordan. Yeah, I remember. Like that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was that was sort of how it started freelancing, but it was nothing ultimately. Um, and then why do you mean it was nothing? It wasn't unique like a, to you. It wasn't unique to me, um, and I wasn't really taking it very right, seriously. Yeah, like yeah, I was, yeah, it was yeah. just something to get you know pay for some drinks on the weekend. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and it, and it really like it didn't excite me overly, you know, yeah, like it was yeah. just, it felt like just a transfer of an image. Definitely, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I was, I was probably like 21, 22 and I hadn't gone to uni. So I was, I was feeling that like, Oh, everyone's doing some shit. I'm yeah, not like, I felt yeah. like a bit of a loser. Yeah. Um, I know that feeling. And it was, and that was like, Oh fuck. And I was, I was, um, stacking shelves and doing whatever, but you know, I'd always like, you know said to people that I'm an artist you know but in reality I wasn't doing shit yeah um and there's a there's a TED talk which um which was really really good let me just think if I, can, I think it's it's by an illustrator called David Lich, Litchfield I think yeah and so he he was the same sort of character where he was sort of half assing it and he he did a TED talk where it was like alright do do a drawing a day for a year and then um, see where you are. See what sort of opportunities come by. Because, you know, at worst, at least you've developed a style, you've built some discipline towards your craft and all that yeah. sort of shit. So, um, yeah, I did that and released it on YouTube, which to no one, by the way, like didn't tell anyone because it was like, I don't know, like a, I was just like a little bit embarrassed. But, you know, you'd know with all this sort of like podcast stuff, like I was creating an artwork, filming it, editing it, getting some royalty-free music to yeah. chuck on YouTube. And it was like, this is a bit of a fucking process. Like, yeah, this takes yeah. some time. And I can't be, like, doing intricate artworks for it. So I initially started with... Um, I'd look in a magazine or something, see someone, and see if I could do it without lifting my pen. So the, uh, the first ooh. single line stuff that I was doing was, like, very much... Um, far more realistic and far more um, 
I don't know, it was quite jagged and like messy. Yeah. But yeah. but I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think after sort of like 80 days in a row of doing it, I was like, I've got all the facial gestures that need, are needed for a human, you know, like and the way that, you know, bone structure would work and stuff. So if I can just simplify that um, and I don't know, like, make it flow a little bit cleaner. Yeah, yeah, That sounds yeah. awesome. But my whole thing was like, I don't know, I had a, I was on a podcast like a year ago and I was trying to talk about it. Like, I think within the arts, you know, with music and comedy and visual art and sort of film and stuff, I think for arts, like visual arts to catch up, it's important to add that element of audience to it. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. so, and I, and this is a very personal thing because I think people that do hyper-realistic shit are fucking awesome. Yeah. Like amazing and no, absolutely like, yeah, they're amazing. But I thought, I love looking at like those old videos of Biggie freestyling yeah, in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. And I love the idea of someone just ticking over like thinking about something or like, or crowd work in the comedy show. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, just the like spontaneity. Those, those quick zingers. Yeah. And yeah, you're just like, totally, ooh. Totally. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess my sort of idea was um, if I can, yeah, create that sort of level of interaction with people and be a little bit more honest in sort of the, um, how do I word it? I guess it's like, um, yeah, for people to see the process of it, like yeah, more process yeah. driven rather than final product and, and also just like getting rid of the idea of it having to be perfect. It brings people in, yeah. like makes it, makes people part of the process. Yeah. And I think it's cool for people because I, I get so many people that from around the world that are just trying that stuff. Yeah. You know, the yeah, one line yeah, stuff. From, yeah. You know, India and to, you know, all around the world. It's like, oh, that's so, so cool. Because cool. it's, you know, art's got this weird thing where it's like a little bit, a lot of people feel quite uncomfortable about the idea of them doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Did you ever feel that? No, no. I've always loved it. But, yeah. um, but it's it's nice for it for people to just explore that and yeah i've always wondered cuz like sometimes very rarely but sometimes i'll like sit down and i'll just i don't know i'll be like chatting to someone or whatever and there'll be a pen and a paper yeah. and i'll just like scribble weird little pictures mm. and i always like feel good while i'm doing it yeah. and after i do it yeah like do you is is do you have that cathartic thing with with it where it like does it relieve stress or mm. anything like that? Yeah. Or is it, does that not happen anymore because it's like a job? That's a good, yeah, yeah. I, that You're spot on. I think it's a bit of both, eh? Like, I think for any of those sort of things, that's the that's the balance with doing something you love and making sure it doesn't turn into something exactly. that you're yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Do you find that as well? Yeah. Um, I've seen Tom Ballard has a joke where he says it's like the premise is something to do with uh, choose a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's bullshit. Yeah, choose I a saw job you, you love yeah, you did and a video you'll eventually hate yeah. what you love. You'll end up hating what you love. Sure. Which is so true, I think. Like you get sure. dragged down in it. And I was actually talking to another comedian, Sam, recently, Sam Taunton, and he was saying that COVID, he's, he's living in Sydney and he's um he's just gone back to performing stand up like rooms have opened up again and he's saying he's enjoying stand up at the moment more than he's ever enjoyed it before because he's not working to anything all the festivals aren't going to be on for a while he doesn't have any main goals that he's working towards he's just doing stand up because he loves it and like all of a sudden he's loving it more yeah than ever before it's it's such a tough balance though because you you know, I guess there's there's definitely a, a thing where it's like really important to be goal orientated with certain things yeah, to rise yeah. up in your your career. But yeah, there's there's something quite uh, cold and clinical about yeah, <laughs> making like sure you like do it for the sake of it. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but I think that's something that you've probably got to 
navigate yourself you know like it's a very personal thing that you've got to work out how you can do both because i think for us to be able to you know make money from doing something we love yeah i mean that's a that's a privilege in itself yeah yeah, so it's like you know maybe it's make sure i i do something to show no one you know every every few days or make sure i try a new technique to show no one or um hit up someone that i really want to work with and try and make something that excites me exactly yeah yeah um the the last time i saw you i think was at one of your exhibitions in Mm. northcote and in that one yeah um there it it was like very different to the single line stuff that we were talking about before yeah um can you explain that exhibition to me a little bit and like what that was about there was (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure can you remember it yeah yeah for sure Uh, (laughs) Yeah, well, this is... And there was also another one. I, I was going to ask you about this after, but this, this links in. There's another one that I didn't go to, but it was about addiction. Yeah. You know that one? Yeah. And, yeah. and all of those works seem quite different yeah. to stuff that you'd done before that, I thought. Yeah. So so I'll, I'll tackle the first thing first. I, I think with the Northcote one, and I did one in Brunswick as well at the start of the year. So I did a couple shows... Um, and I think it was, you know, trying to be like, oh, I don't need to be pigeonholed down as uh, mm. this single line artist that does this sort of work. Yeah. And I just, there was no, I mean, that was that was put together quite quickly and there was no p- specific theme to that. It was just me trying to create stuff that I really liked. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. For that one and for the Brunswick show. But I think in hindsight, I think I probably... Yeah, I had a mate saying, oh, just make sure you're not just putting stuff out for the sake of it. And I think I was sort of of the opinion at the time, like, oh, just fucking, yeah, just put it out, just see where the chips fall. Yeah, yeah. Like, putting it out is better than not. But I think I take his point now because I think, you know, I I really like the work, but ultimately I don't want to just oversaturate what I do, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But the, the one about addiction was... Yeah, like that was a really, really nice one for me to tackle. Like I really enjoyed um, the whole process of digging my teeth into something that I really yeah. resonated with. So yeah. it was, it was. Um, have you ever heard of the physician Gabor Mate? Yeah, I have. Oh, yeah, true. yeah. But explain him to me yeah, for yeah, the podcast. Sure. So I, this, yeah, this was, I, I love him. So this is what the whole exhibition was based on, was um, the exhibition was called Hungry Ghost, which is one of his books. Um, in the realm of Hungry Ghost where it talks about that like sort of hole in your soul that you can't fill mm-hmm. and um, you know the formative years of your life and how important that is in later years as to how you respond to certain things and also the idea of you know not looking at um, not why the addiction but why the pain yeah you yeah. know and, and what is the addiction doing to serve you in the moment that's obviously long-term probably quite detrimental, but it's, it's important to recognize that it's serving you for it's, it's filling a void temporarily, you yeah, know, yeah. and just trying to come at, come at it with people with a level of like compassion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, people are lacking something and they fill that void with addiction. Yeah. So he, he has like an interesting story where he grew up, um, I think he's Hungarian. I could be getting this wrong, but I think he's Hungarian and, he, he grew up around like Nazi occupation where um, he had to, his mum had to hide him Whoa. for the first few years of his life. Whoa. So he stayed with someone that was just looking after him. And he talks about how the only way he could have interpreted that is, is abandonment when really yeah, she was trying to protect him. Yeah. But, um, and but he, you don't know at that age. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it was a great, topic to like delve into i'd love to do more on it because yeah. i feel like there was only so much i could do but how do you like if you were writing a song about addiction it would be mm. quite easy to like put your feelings into the song because you're putting it in language and people can just read it and they you know you could write a line like explaining how you, you feel about addiction yeah 
But how do you do that with a painting or a drawing where it's so much more subtle and it's all like it's, it's all just about feeling, isn't it? It's about what people feel when they look at it, mm. or, or what is it? How how do you put your feelings into something that's visual? Well, I think I think it, there's it's just a different language, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but but also I I also use like um, text within the works, but. Um, you know, it, you see an image, you see a, say a photograph and you can, you, it elicits a response from you, you know, like yeah. you feel something. I mean, it's a, it's a subtler way of, um, explaining it, I guess. But like, for instance, I had one of a woman looking really insecure into a mirror at herself. Yeah. Um, and I think generally like the people that saw the exhibition picked up on it. Yeah. So it, it resonates at some level, I think. And I think you can sort of, um, what others? And then I was sort of really bold with some of the words as well. So I just, on some of the artworks, I just grabbed sound bites from his book and just put them up because I just yeah, thought they were important. That's cool. Mm. And then like that, like the woman looking into the mirror, that's, it's almost like more powerful than explaining it explicitly what's yeah. going on like just showing yeah I don't I don't know where I stand on that on the whole like um let it be interpreted how it how yeah. people yeah. interpret what do you it think? I don't know how do you what do you think I think that yeah I think that that's that's the way to do it like I well that's the way that sorry that's the way that I look at art like yeah I don't understand visual art very much but like there's definitely certain things that I look at, like some of your work, certain ones that I look at and I'm like, whoa, and it just yeah. makes me feel a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And I can't really tell you why it's even making me feel like that. And probably, I don't know. Like, mm. yeah, that's, that's a good question. Like if I looked at something and I felt sad, does that even necessarily mean that you were intending people to feel sad? Yeah. When, like, or can it be interpreted completely differently by person to person? Yeah, well, and and that's the thing. That's why I don't really have a solid answer for it because I think, in in some ways, what art has done really poorly is alienate a lot of society from it because mm. it's because of you know the lack of under like because people look at it and go oh shit I don't know you yeah, know and right. I and I think there's you know if you, with something like that where there is a certain theme I mean as you came in, I had a little passage from what hungry ghost means sort of thing. So, you know, I think, yes, let people interpret it how they want to. And that's, I think that's the way to go, but also lead them in the direction you're trying to explain. Definitely. And especially with something like that, like that's a specific thing about something. You want to make that immersive and make everyone sort of on the same page in some way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, What about, during this time, like during this weird year, um, how have you felt about, we were sort of talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but like creativity during this time, mm. during lockdown and COVID and everything, how, how, what's your relationship been with creativity? <laughs> mine's been shit. Yeah, mine's been pretty shit, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As we were saying, I think it's like all these grand visions of like, oh, I'm going to use these Three, next three months just super effectively like yeah, just gonna yeah, get shit exactly. done um, and I had little bursts of um, productivity and creating stuff I like but ultimately it's about people man like I think yeah. and if you're not around people and you're not having those interactions you just there's a there's a lack of spontaneity in life you know like me and my girlfriend living here just by ourselves have just we just read each other's minds now. Like, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. It's, yeah. And it's like the full, you know the whole system, know the whole routine. Yeah. It's the full, like 80 year old buzz. Like, <laughs> like you know, like, it's yeah. all scheduled and shit. Yeah. So, and that's like the opposite of what you need for creativity. For sure. Like, I mean, that's what we, that's what uh, me and Plone, my girlfriend were talking about. We're like, shit, this is, I mean, it's a totally normal feeling for everyone at the moment, but, yeah, it's important to sort of break that up and have a little bit of space and come back together. True. And, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, definitely. Yeah. Because routine's great, but that level of routine, 
I've found has sort of hindered my creativity. Yeah. But I think more so just the human interaction or like yeah, 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 yeah. That's the biggest thing. Um, when I got here, there was a painting in the backyard mm-hmm. that you and Paloma did together. Yeah. I want to ask you about how often do you paint things together? And when you do, is it like all fun and this like beautiful creative moment <laughs> between a boyfriend and a girlfriend painting something together or... Yeah. I can imagine if I did that with a partner, I'd be like, no, fuck you. Like, put the red sure. bit there. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's, what's it like? What's yeah. it like making work together? It's definitely the latter, eh? I mean, <laughs> we, we just got different different ways of operating. You know, like, I think she's um, incredibly, like, free with her strokes and her... Mm. Like, she's so um, intuitive with the way she makes art. Like, watching her make a painting, she'll make a painting... And then halfway through, she'll just grab it, rip it in half Whoa. and then stick it on something and then, Whoa. and then just move on. Yeah. Like she doesn't feel any sort of ownership towards what she's create, creating in that moment. She's brave enough to just be like, okay. whereas I'm it's probably great. a little bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit less brave and sort of, I've, I'm like, oh no, I, I want this here and there. And, but you know, I think, uh, yeah, it's ultimately fun, but it's, it's not like how you'd picture it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not like this beautiful, like, yeah, like, loving experience of, no, like, no, creating no. art together. Yeah. Is it more, <laughs> is it, like, is it more mundane than that? Yeah, it's not like a rom-com. It's yeah. Like yeah. A, it's a bit like, oh, fuck, oh, dude, should you have done that? Oh, yeah. oh I'll just leave. You come back, I'll yeah, come back yeah, half yeah. an hour. Yeah, 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 I'll make a coffee. I'll do some more art. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, What's your favorite, uh, this will be a hard one to answer off the top of your head. What's your favorite work you've ever done? Not like a full exhibition, a single painting or drawing Ooh. or anything that you've ever done. Oh, um, I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I, what the work that comes to me is, uh, a piece I did for my first solo, Love Vomit. Um, And it was the first piece I did for that show. And yeah, I'll I'll send you a pic of it so you can um, chuck it up. But for some reason it just, I don't know. And I don't know if that's really my favorite piece, but it's the one that comes to mind. Do you think, and do you think that's because it was like an important time in your art career or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, it was my first solo exhibition and it was, um, just me completely winging it completely yeah. <laughs> and utterly winging it but I was like I can't fucking do this and then it was like the first piece I tried to do just sort of worked and there's you oh, know it's exciting with with like painting a lot of the time I find the really good pieces that you love are the ones that have all those happy mistakes that you didn't mean right. to do and then yeah. you're like so for this one it was like I I put it, hang it up, hang it up to dry, and it was like really thick paint that had sort of dripped down a little bit, and I was like, oh, "That fucking works!" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's it's so just the drips made it. Yeah, the drips really worked. Um, but it was it just sort of one of those moments where it like comes together really nicely. Do you like as you're going along, like halfway through? Actually, yeah. Two questions. Do you start? Do you look at a blank canvas and you like have an idea of exactly what you want to put on there, or do you just as you go, like sort of what we were saying before about like the single yeah. line drawings, like the spontaneous thing. Yeah. And, but when you're doing that, um, do you have moments where you're like, fuck this and you start again? Or do you like, um, does everyone, does everything get finished? So, the th- so I, I've done like some works. I don't know if you've seen, like I did like a Israel Adesanya yeah, one line. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's sort of pre-planned. I know the image I'm working with, blah, blah, blah. But then, I reckon almost a hundred percent of the time with those sort of that style that I do, it's all just like completely off the dome. But then aren't there surely there's like so many times where you're like, ah, fuck that looks shit. Or is there not? Not really. I, the only issue I have is that I end up from just muscle memory. A lot of them end up looking the same. Right. And that's what really pisses me off. So I'll I'll start with (laughs) the eye and work around the nose and shit. I'm just like, fuck that looks the same as the last one. Yeah, but it's and that's that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, sure, there's there's ones that just don't really work, but 
I think that's the beauty in it. Like I'm just not too arsed with the end result. I yeah. just think, and, and quite often it's like, cause I feel like it's, you know, sure there's other people doing one line stuff, but I feel like it's really my shit. Like it's the way I do it. It's, it's sort of like, it's, it feels like sort of my territory. Like I can't really do it that wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like it, it just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's sort of, but yeah, there's definitely one. Oh, that's that such a healthy like. way of looking at it. I feel like if you didn't look at it like that, you'd just constantly be frustrated. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's tons of people that do very similar stuff, but there's a really good book, which I'd recommend any fucking creative or anyone for that matter. It's a book by, um, Stephen Pressfield and it's called the war of art. Oh uh, yeah. It's, I've heard of that book. It's really good, man. Like, and it's just this short, maybe it's like a hundred pages just like absolute Bible for creatives. Yeah, right. For yeah. any creative. Yeah. It's just about the process. Or like... It's about the process and it's about, he, he sort of, um, he sort of nails it down as like about the process and about resistance and how there's things in life that always offer you these different challenges. And it's about not looking at your, where you're at in, in like the way of a hierarchy yeah. But more looking at it as a territory you operate yeah, within, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's so cool. So you're sort of, you know, comparing yourself to who you were yesterday rather than someone else. Yeah, that, I mean, that. in comedy, I feel like that's so important. Like, I, like, I'm almost, like, a bit ashamed of it, but there's so many times where, like, a different comedian, like, does something amazing or gets another opportunity and you feel jealous. Fuck <laughs> like you're like, yeah, fuck bro. them. Like I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> and bro. you just have to constantly remind yourself, like it's not about competing with other yeah. creatives. Like that's stupid. It's just about your own thing. Um, in writing there, I, in this, like, uh, I think this was back at uni. Someone gave me the, this idea with writing is like, you have, two separate parts of your brain that you use. So you have the, the creative brain and the editing brain. And with writing where people find it really hard sometimes is that they try to use both brains at the same time. So they'll write a few lines of a short story, say. Right. And instead of just like writing those lines and then continuing and just flowing and letting it all come out, they switch to the editing brain and they're like, oh, I don't know if that sentence, look, it's a bit clunky. And they, uh-huh, yeah, where, yeah. What, where what you should do, supposedly in writing, is what this person was saying was, just do the creative brain, spend three weeks doing that, get it all out and then switch your whole mindset to the editing brain and then do that. Does that translate at all to your art or are you, do you chop and change between the, the two brains? Do you um, yeah. I mean, firstly, I fucking, I love that just in terms of writing it. So it makes a lot of sense. Right? Yeah. I reckon. I reckon it's sure. cool. Um, Cause that's the whole thing. Like, if I'm, I just did an interview the other day and I was like, oh, I fucking, I can't do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was just like very dyslexic and just not very good at that whole yeah, process. Yeah. And I just, yeah, it just doesn't come out the way I want to. But I think that's, I think the way I ultimately end up getting it done is just putting shit out on a page and then eventually Definitely. refining it you know, from there. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're just stopping yourself. Otherwise, it's so daunting, bro. Yeah. Like just looking at an empty... Yeah, yeah, yeah. An empty page. But yeah. um I think that relates in in at least my style of art. Like I think um with the the sort of I'll I'll use both for different things, you know, like with the one line artworks that I do, that's very much just intuition. I guess that's the the side of the brain that's just getting it out there. Um, but then if it's, if I'm working on a project or something like that, I guess I'm refining it and working with clients and, yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah, trying yeah, to come yeah, together yeah, for something that's more solid. Definitely. Definitely. But yeah, I mean, that's the way it always starts with me is like on the iPad or on Procreate or something, just creating shapes and just saying, oh, that could work or, that's cool. yeah, it's really cool. Um, do you have an artist that you can recommend to the listeners, please? Oh, got to big up my girlfriend for sure. She's um Paloma Ellery on Instagram and I was actually going to ask you before what sort of art she does because I don't think I've looked at much of it she does amazing stuff she she's she's right into like creating these sort of um they're almost like a they're sort of like this these fairy tale creatures like fairies or pixies and stuff and 
but she does all sorts. Um, she's done lots of sort of caricature portraits of famous people as well. But um, are hers in the hallway? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah, and I looked at them and I was like, "That's weird for Jack. Like, no, it doesn't no. really look like his." No, stuff. and that and that's yeah, one thing I wanted. Crazy. That's one thing I wanted to say. I mean, she's been you know I've been pretty pretty lazy through lockdown, but she's really put in the hard the hard work and mm. you know she deserves she deserves so much it's a it's a tricky thing you know like i think she's she's really this year taken the next step and i just want you know like we had a, we've had a few sort of encounters with people and we've met and the, we're both artists and they might um uh they might come to me being like oh we should we should connect do this sort of thing Work and i'm yeah and i and it sort of breaks my heart a little bit i really she she really deserves that sort of... She deserves a few breaks. and Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And I think that'll give her a ton of excitement. Definitely, yeah. Um, it's and so, it's, motivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, don't, know if, I don't know if that's like a, a male-female thing or... Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It definitely could be. It definitely could be, um, which is... Is the art world sexist? Or is there like... Well, I would, is I there would, imbalance in the art world? I'm sure, yeah, right? I mean, like, there are in yeah, it, I'm sure it just aspects. is a is a roll on from society as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she totally deserves it. And, and um, loyal Kana worth checking out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, uh, uh, Nux, Nux is, I think it's how you say it. He just released an album called, um, oh, what's it called? London something. Nux anyway, check out his, his grime his sort of. Artist. Yeah. He's really cool. Yeah, I'll play cool. some after. Yeah, he's really sweet. awesome. Um, but yeah, they're all great recommendations. Yeah, That's... big up, big up, Paloma. Yeah, Go follow yeah, her. yeah. I'm gonna put all Paloma her details, yeah, yeah, like for her Instagram in the description of the thing. Um, Jack, thank you so much for joining me. No worries, podcast. brother. It's good shit. It. Thanks, Love brother. It. Thank you, mate.